Spears has long been one of my favorite artists from just middle school. I don't even know when I first heard that iconic Sometimes I Run song. I remember when I used to go to camp in the summer and I had my Walkman. I had a Britney Spears CD and I would listen to it to and from camp on the bus. And then I had it on my iPod and then the numerous hits and singles and albums and music videos and everything she had, I loved. And still to this day, like when I'm in the shower, when I'm driving and she comes on on my shuffle through Apple Music, I, I listen to it fully and I never skip her music because she's just, I mean, there's a lot of sentimental uh, memories that come up when I listen to Britney Spears songs, but it's also, she's just one of those artists that it's just, I mean, speaking, you know, from personal experience who I just love and I associate with a lot of good memories, um, especially like the Oops, I Did It Again album, the Baby One More Time album, Toxic, uh, when she was in Crossroads with Zoe Saldana, that was an iconic movie. I just, and she was in Glee too. I mean, uh, she's like a global icon. I mean, to me, she's at the same level that Beyonce's at. I mean, yeah, Britney hasn't maybe put out stuff in quite some time, but she doesn't ever have to, nor will she, in my opinion, because of, excuse me, how great she is. But anyways, happy Wednesday, everybody. Um, hey, I, I'm Andrew, the Mistress of Pop Culture. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, today's episode is pretty much going to cover Framing Britney Spears, that doc that um, was pretty much on the tips of everybody's tongue. Um, and I'm, uh, it's all today's episode is really going to be about uh, because there's just a lot to dissect with regards to Miss Spears and everything. But I, I started today's episode off with um, the Joy of Pepsi commercial, that iconic Super Bowl commercial that Britney did. And it's so good. I love it. It's, it's so much fun. You should watch it. It's on YouTube and it's a real toe tapper, and she's just a queen. She's such a fantastic dancer, and just uh, I, I love her so much. And um, you know, I there's just we have a lot to unpack. So, uh, aside from you know what's going on and everything else in the world these days, uh, let's let's get into our. Stories with regards to uh, Brittany. The first story is from E! News. It's sort of going to recap what the doc was about and then obviously give my thoughts. So first story is from E! News. The most haunting moments of framing Britney Spears. Numerous times over the past decade, the question has always been asked, is there going to be the year that Britney Spears finally regains control of her life? It was asked again in 2012 when she was briefly engaged to her former agent, and again in 2016 after she scored a Las Vegas residency to the tune of 35 mil, and yet again in 2019 with extra urgency after a mysterious voicemail claiming she had entered treatment for her mental health involuntarily, a claim denied, claim, excuse me, denied by her manager, resulted in the rise of the hashtag Free Britney movement. None of those years were the year, nor was 2020. In November, a judge refused Britney Spears' request to have her father, Jamie Spears, removed from the conservatorship, that's been in place, governing every financial business move she's ever made. Ugh, can you imagine? Since February 1st, 2008, uh, though her petition to have a bank come aboard as co-conservator of her $60 million fortune was accepted. I thought she had more than that. 
Uh, Framing Britney Spears, the February 5th episode of the FX docuseries The New York Times Presents goes back to the beginning to explain how Britney, one of the most famous women in the world and one of the defining pop stars of a generation, seriously, she really is, ended up at the age of 39 in this situation, as well as the increased efforts she has started taking in recent years to extricate herself from it. And while there's only time for the bullet points of the Oops, I Did It Again singer's rise from Star Search, the Star Search phenomenon to... The new Mickey Mouse Club, Mouseketeer, to multi-platinum selling artists, to cautionary tale and back again, the necessary focus on what brought her down and the possibility that Britney's life was barely her own long before the conservatorship was put in place is a haunting tale worth revisiting. Those are E's words. And this article, again, summarizes pretty much everything that went on. So we're going to talk about that. Um, okay. Uh, sorry. But it's not the self-proclaimed hashtag free Britney activists, many of whom look as if they've been in elementary school since 2007 when Britney buzzed all of her hair off so that people would finally stop trying to touch her, who have been apprised at their, of their hero's origin story. It's everyone who should have known better when it was happening who ought to stop and take it all in one more time. Okay, this, this uh, selection here is about Britney's father. We've heard a lot about Jamie Spears, Britney's father, since 2008, when he and a lawyer named Andrew Wallet were appointed co-conservators to be put in charge of the singer's personal medical treatment, living arrangements, travel, etc., and estate, her money and business decisions. Before that, not so much as mom, Lynn Spears, divorced from Jamie in, early, in the early thousands, was Britney's primary companion in the earliest phase of her career before longtime friend Felicia Kaluda took over as her assistant, Lynn needing to return to Kentwood, L.A. to take care... For her first grader, Jamie Lynn Spears, at home, by the way. Jamie Lynn Spears is obviously Britney's younger sister, who is on the iconic Nickelodeon show Zoe 101, one of my favorite shows growing up. Um, Jamie was away a lot for work and had a history of money trouble, according to reports, including this episode of the New York Times Presents, and he and Britney weren't extremely close. Though the scene of Jamie whipping up grits with Velveeta for his daughter in For the Record MTV's 2008 documentary on Britney as she pieced her life back together following the trauma of 2008... 2007 and early 2008 remained sweet. Quote, her mother would do whatever it took, personally and for the family's sake, for Britney to be a star, recalls Kim Kamen, senior marketing director of Jive Records from 98 to 2004, a.k.a. The Rise of Britney, in framing Britney Spears. Lynn supported Britney. I want to say Lynn because I never talked to her father. The only thing Jamie ever said to me was, my daughter's going to be so rich, she's going to buy me a boat. Ugh, that's all I'm going to say about Jamie. Oy. Uh, no one from the Spears family agreed to go on camera or provide a comment for the show. Humble Roots. Felicia recalls that one Christmas when Britney was just starting to get try and get famous, the singer withdrew $10,000 in $100 bills and passed them out to people on the street in Kentwood. She just drove through the town wishing people Merry Christmas as Felicia, who explained she was no longer part of Britney's personal staff after Jamie was put in charge, but continued for a while as an employee of the tour management company. Oh, that's really nice of her. I mean, to whom one is, to, to whom one is giving, you must always give back. I've said that many a time in this show. Oprah always says that. But I like that Britney was like that. But I didn't know that she did. That's very nice. Not a girl, not yet a woman. This is another paragraph, another uh, section of the article. New York Times culture writer Wesley Morris interestingly, interestingly points out that Britney's star was on the rise. Maybe one more time dropped Jan 12th, 99. Right when the country had sex on the brain, to an unusual degree, that is, due to the cheating and lying about its scandal involving Monica Lewinsky that led to Bill Clinton's impeachment. Interesting. Fixation on cigars and stained dresses um, with the emergence of super hot Britney, which led to controversy even as she sold millions of records and filled arenas. Her critics debating whether she was being too sexy and perhaps a bad role model for the kids who idolized her. Please, not at all. Meanwhile, 
Well-meaning defenders came at it from the other side, objecting to the objectification of Britney, who had just celebrated her 17th birthday when her debut album was released. Haley Hill, Britney's stylist from 97 until 2001, says that she worked with the big boy bands at the time, too. And not one of those guys was treated to the sort of scrutiny that Britney was under. Um, But while others were analyzing her every move and outfit... Britney decided at her still tender age that she was going to dress however she wanted and do whatever she damn well pleased. Good for her. I just remember in the early 90s when I would see music videos or listen to her music, I would never think of her as like promiscuous. I just thought she was fabulous and like that's what artists were. I never I never knew artists to be anything other than, I mean, I've always been a huge lover of pop music and back in 99, like grade school, elementary school, middle school, whatever, that's the type of music and music videos that I would watch. And that's how, you know, the artist dressed. I mean, even Beyonce was, you know, in her amazing dance videos or her earlier videos where it's dancing, was, was dressing like that too. And it's not bad. It's just, uh, it's, it's the style. It was the style back then. But you, as we know, we've come a long way in terms of being, we have a long way to go still, but in terms of like not sexualizing women in a way and, and the liberation of dressing however you want to. And, you know, but obviously the 90s were different. Next um, next section of the article, she's the boss. According to Kevin Tancherion, a backup dancer and tour director for Britney until 2004, anyone who ever thought that the pop star was going through the motions or otherwise letting other people make creative, personal, or any other decisions pertinent to the business of being Britney Spears was sorely mistaken. Quote, she was definitely in control of a lot of decisions, she recalls. That idea of Britney is a puppet who just gets to move around and told what to do is incredibly inaccurate. When I was involved in all of those years, we would present a lot of ideas and she would have to like them. She would have to approve them. She was very creative. She was the one who knew what she wanted to do or her people would make... What she wanted happened for her. He concludes, she was the boss. I totally believe that. Um, okay, the next section. The unbalanced ballad of Britney and Justin. And this is actually going to lead to our second story. This might be a longer episode. Pure and male rabbit revenge fantasy um, is how... Uh, um, what's his name? Kevin Terachi on a backup dancer describes the video featuring a silhouetted woman of Britney-esque size in her hair for Cry Me a River, Justin Timberlake's hit song that fans widely assume to be an autobiographical broken-hearted lament from a guy whose girl has done him wrong. Kicking over a picture of a beaming pretty blonde in the video did nothing to dispel the notion. Quote, people treated her like she was the school slut and he was the quarterback, recalls former MTV VJ Dave Holmes, who notes how Timberlake, quote, weaponized the idea for one of his singles. Ooh. The audio clip of the singer doing a radio interview in which the host asks mock solemnly, did you F Britney Spears? Yes or no? And a gaggle of dudes burst out laughing. Just goes to show that 2002 wasn't all that far from 1952. That's very true. These days, you'd be canceled for saying something like that. It would be so inappropriate. Um, uh, it's basically misogyny. Um, let's see. And then the next, uh, well, there's a paragraph here. Seeing that saga re-unfold... Okay, this is another part of the documentary. There's so many components to this story, you guys. I'm so sorry. It's just like a really big story. Fast track to the altar. Um, quote, I don't think I was at all surprised when she and Kevin got engaged. Felicia says of the whirlwind romance that did shock everybody who didn't know Britney. It's so most people. As well as whoever was holding out hope that she and Justin Timberlake would reunite forever. But having said that before, she hoped that one day performing and making music would be a side project once she got married and had kids. She took the first steps towards living the dream. 
excuse me, when she was 22. Britney swapped vows with Kevin Federline on September 18, 2004, then married him legally October 6th. In April 2005, she announced her first pregnancy. Um, the great relationship. They had two kids together, Jaden and Sean. Um, that relationship has been played out in the media. And the next paragraph is pretty substantial enough. Um, by the time Britney shows up at a barbershop in February 2007 and wielding the clippers herself, she buzzes all of her hair off. You start to feel adequately suffocated, as she must have felt in the days when print magazines were routinely spending 140 grand a week on photographs. Wow. On February 21st, Daniel Ramos' persistence-inspired and frustrated Britney denied entry to K-Fed's house just minutes beforehand when she tried to visit her kids to get out of her car outside of Jiffy Lube and start whacking the paparazzi's truck with an umbrella. I remember that, too. That was crazy. He admits in hindsight that none of them really thought about the human being on the other side of their cameras back then. In an era where some photographs of Britney were selling for as much as a million, they simply wanted more shots. Working on her for so many years, she never gave a clue or information to us. I don't, appreci- don't appreciate you guys. Leave me the F alone, Ramos says to the interviewer. Off-camera asks, what about when she said, leave me alone? But she would only be talking about the day, the videographer insists. Um, so that was, that was really bad. Um, but then obviously she went on to perform and, uh, you know, now obviously the world, much like myself, is out here really advocating for Britney's freedom to free Britney because, you know, what she's going through is crazy and stone up air. Okay, um... This leads us to our second story uh, from E! News about her ex, Kevin Federline. Um, this is also from E! News. Kevin Federline commends Britney Spears, quote, admirable temporary conservator as turmoil continues. Britney Spears' ex-husband, Kevin Federline, is weighing in on her conservatorship battle in light of a new doc about her life. FX released, you know, the New York Times presents episode of Brit- Framing Britney Spears. Um, let's just get here. Uh, in September 2019, Jamie requested Britney's care manager, Jody Montgomery, replace him as temporary conservator because of his personal health reasons. After the decision, the toxic singer was strongly opposed to having Jamie return and later claimed she was afraid of him. According to her lawyers, in August 2020, her legal team advocated to have Jody remain as conservator of her person and have the Bessemer Trust Company be named conservator of her estate. However, in November 2020, a judge ruled to keep Jamie as co-conservator of her estate, along with adding the Bessemer Trust Company. On February 9th, Kevin's family law attorney, Mark Vincent Kaplan, exclusively, excuse me, told E! News, her ex comes, how her ex comes into the equation as he is the father of her two sons, Jaden 15, and I'm sorry, Sean 15 and Jaden 14. The lawyer said, quote, Kevin has no involvement with regard to Brittany and her attorneys asking to remove Jamie as conservator. He has stayed out of the conservative issues. He suggested that Kevin approves of Jody as her personal conservator. Quote, he thinks Jody Montgomery has done an admirable job. And he has no other position to state with regard to the conservatorship. We learned Kevin's attorney said their children, quote, are doing great. And Kevin is enjoying watching them grow up and evolve. He added that he has, quote, no idea whether his kids are aware of the documentary. In 2019, the parents agreed to agreed on 70% custody for Kevin and 30% for Brittany after a previous 50-50 split. Um, their custody arrangement remains the same. Kevin enjoys the full extent of the custody uh, that he has. Both parties are working well in exchanging custody. I can't even imagine. That's one of the many reasons why I don't want to get married because like, uh, well, I don't want kids, but also can you imagine having to uh, share custody? I mean, that's just crazy. Okay. The third story is um, pretty, pretty like pertinent to what's going on. Uh, Sorry. Um, Here we go. 
This is also from E! News. Diane Sawyer faces backlash and calls to apologize over 2003 Britney Spears interview. Very, very, very famous interview. If you haven't seen this, probably on YouTube somewhere, but it's Britney essentially breaking down Diane, who is a really respected and revered journalist for ABC, um, ask her really hard-hitting questions about her sex life and personal life and just things that you don't ask a young 20-year-old gal who's in the process of... It, it was just... We were at a time back then in 2003 where, like, I mean, her, her management and her press people, I mean, these days you could, deaths would never fly. I mean, obviously we're more of an evolved culture, but anyways, I'll read this to you, then we'll dissect. Um, hindsight is not reflecting kindly on Diane Sawyer on Friday, February 5th in New York. Okay, I don't want to repeat that again. Um, here we go. Let's see here. In the course of explaining the pop icon story, the episode resurfaced an old interview footage that, simply put, has not aged well, particularly regarding how Spears was treated in the aftermath of a breakup from Justin Timberlake. Fans and critics alike have since taken issue with Sawyer, whose November 2003 interview with the singer was featured at points in the piece. In one instance, during their sit-down, Sawyer told the then 21-year-old Spears, quote, He has gone on television and pretty much said you broke his heart. You did something that cost him so much pain, so much suffering. What did you do? That is just, that would never fly these days. In another instance, Sawyer brings up former First Lady of Maryland, Kendall Erhich, who said if she had the opportunity to shoot Spears, quote, I think I would. Spears called the comment horrible and really bad while Sawyer continued to explain because of the example for kids. The journalist said in part, and how hard it is to be a parent. Sawyer went on to say, and keep all this away from your kids, though that portion wasn't showed in the episode. Ugh. Quote, well, that's really sad that she said that, Spears reiterated, defending herself. I'm not here to, you know, babysit her kids. <laughs> Savage. Um, online critics have taken aim at Sawyer's Instagram account, spamming her comment section with snake emojis, calls for her to apologize. <laughs> Poor Diane Sawyer, but also, you know, she probably didn't realize, you know, this would come out. Um, calls for her to apologize to Spears and for the veteran broadcaster to be canceled. As one comment urged, you should be absolutely public. You should absolutely publicly apologize to Britney Spears immediately. There's been a similar reaction on Timberlake's Instagram account where Spears supporters have not minced words about the, quote, better day singer and called him to apologize to his ex. E! News has reached out to Sawyer and Timberlake to ask for comment, but has not gotten a response. Meanwhile, in addition to fans, fellow stars have spoken out in support of Spears, including... Uh, most recently, the View co-host, Megan McCain, quote, one of the greatest living entertainers. She deserves better than what we've given her. McCain partly wrote on Instagram, hashtag Free Britney. She also talked about Justin in her, um, on the show today, which was really, really interesting. Pretty searing words, but I really like Megan McCain, so I'm actually really thrilled that she uh, spoke up for her. Um, I think it's great. Yeah, and I, I think, you know... I hope Brittany gets the justice she deserves. Um, and, uh, I mean, finally, we're going to bring ourselves to the final Britney Spears story of the day, um, which has to do with Craig Ferguson. I'm just pulling it up here. Give me one moment. He actually really like I really like Craig Ferguson. I uh, Some of his clips I've seen online. Um, he's a really good TV host. But anyways, this is also for me news. Craig Ferguson is praised for refusing to mock Britney Spears in a resurfaced video from 2007. Craig Ferguson is making headlines for coming to Britney Spears' defense when no other celebrities appeared to. Following the release of Framing Britney Spears, the eye-opening episode of the New York Times presents docu-series many get a closer look to the pop star's conservatorship battle and what her devoted fans are doing to help her break free. In wake um, of the special, 
which aired February 5th. Uh, okay, blah, 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 blah. Let me... However, there's one celebrity who is receiving... Sorry, I just wanted to skip it because a lot of it's redundant. However, there's one celebrity who is receiving praise for showing Britney some grace amid in the mid-2000s, Craig Ferguson. A video from the host, The Late Late Show Monologue in 2007, has resurfaced online and it's gone viral for the message the 58-year-old comedian shared that night. Quote, I want to talk about something a little bit different tonight, he told the crowd at the time. I want to talk about something that's been bothering me for a little while now. In the clip, Craig admitted that he's known for making fun of celebrities on a show, which ended in 2014. However, he recalled seeing things a little, uh, he, uh, seeing things in a different light after meeting Kevin Costner at an event who he had previously joked about. Quote, at what price am I doing this stuff? Craig remembered thinking to himself. And I started to think of the effect this has on real people. And it's been needling at me for some, for a little bit ever since. People are falling apart. People are dying. That Anna Nicole Smith woman, she died. It's not a joke, he said after the audience laughed. It stops being funny. She's got a six-week-old or six-month-old kid. What the hell is that? I'm starting to feel uncomfortable about making fun of these people. While Craig said he felt, quote, comedy should have a sentiment of joy in it, he also noted we shouldn't be attacking the vulnerable people. So tonight, no Britney Spears jokes. Here's why. The kind of weekend she had, she was checking into rehab, she was shaving her head, getting tattoos. That's what she was doing this weekend. This Sunday, I was 15 years sober. I looked at her weekend and I looked at my own and I thought, I'd rather have my weekend. But... What she was going through reminded me of what I was doing. It reminds me of where I was 15 years ago when I was living like that. I'm not saying Britney Spears is an alcoholic, but she clearly needs help. The Scottish star, I love that. That's, I didn't know he said that. The Scottish star later opened up about his own journey with sobriety. He explained that everything, he explained that while everyone should be held accountable for the actions, he urged the media to have some compassion. And then uh, there's a tweet from a fan. So at Craigie Ferg trending, and I'll say this. I watched his show every night, and I remember watching that monologue of him talking about not joking about Britney Spears. I made a lifelong fan because I saw respect. I was in the middle of my own terrible mental phase. Love him. Um, and then numerous other you know, people have come out and praised what he said. Um, there's just so much to talk about here. Watch the doc. It's, there's a lot of interviews online. There's a lot of hoopla going on with regards to this story, but it is really, really sad and I'm on the side of Britney Spears. I'm on the side that she deserves her own freedom. She deserves to enjoy the fruits of her labor. Again, the public doesn't know the inner workings of what really goes on in the, in the Spears family and how things really work financially or you know, whatnot. But obviously, it's, what is pretty evident and pretty apparent is that Britney doesn't have full control of her life. And that's something that she's clearly expressed that she so longingly wants She's a 39-year-old woman who deserves to just, again, enjoy the fruits of her labor. And her, her boyfriend, Sam Asgari, has really come to her defense. Uh, he, he posted an Instagram story saying that Britney's dad is a dick. I mean, you know. But anyways, I love you, Britney Spears. I'm a huge fan, a lifelong fan. I will be a fan. I really hope that justice does give you everything you want because you deserve it. You're a queen. Um, and it's a fascinating documentary. I think everybody should check it out. All right, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Andrew DeVitri, the Mr. Pop Culture. You can check out my podcast, streaming on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, CastBox Radio, iTunes, basically anywhere where the uh, podcast stream. I'll, I'll be back with you all on Thursday. Bye.